Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the 909 Podcast. Welcome to the special edition of the 909 Podcast. We are in end of year territory. It's the best of 2019 and we are talking about, this week, myself and Andrea are talking about our albums of the year. Yeah. Hello. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to count down our 10 albums of the year each and uh, we're going to discuss them a bit. And if you're familiar with the podcast and you've been listening Thank you very much. But also, you may have heard us talk about some of these albums before, yeah. but maybe not all of them. And some of them, you know, I think, talked about this before, but there's such an overwhelming uh, release, mountain of albums being released all the time that, you know, I love December for going back and actually processing them again and figuring out what you like and what you what you maybe missed in the first place. And that's why I love lists. So I love Me lists. Too. Yeah. So hopefully you might uh, reconsider or discover something new or agree with us or disagree with us. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so I have to preface this by saying that these are my international albums. There's no Irish artists on my list. Um, and that is for the reason that I have a separate Irish list that exists um, and I just wanted to keep the two things separate. So. Fine. Um, we are going to, uh, well, we're, we're not going to talk about the Irish albums because I think we're going to do the Irish albums on the site yeah. in the next few days. Exactly, so, yeah. um, we're going to keep that um, secret to then. Yes. And uh, we'll keep an release eye. that list then. Um, but for now, we're just going to talk about the international albums. Um, so we're going to run down a top 10 each. Um, so we're going to start with... Actually, we're going to start with mine. Okay. Um, my first album um, is uh, came out a long time ago. So this is your number 10. This is my number 10 yeah. album of this year. 
And I will preface this by saying, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff that I listen to that, yeah. you know, we're not going to talk about. Um, but we've discussed it at some point. We did, uh, I think we did review this back in maybe February. It is from James Blake. Uh, the album is called Assume Form. I forgot about James Blake. I love this <laughs> album. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I went back and listened to that in the, uh, the album in the last couple of weeks. And uh, again, really enjoyed it. I think it made, it's a, it is a kind of a wintry album as well in lots of ways, mm. even though it's, an album about love. It's an album about uh, leaning in with your partner and leaning into your relationship and enjoying. There's a lot of other albums that we have coming up, which is not about that. No, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of heartbreak this A lot year. about heartbreak, but it's uh, it's a, a uplifting album about love and all its forms and how you know himself and. Uh, his partner just want to go and be with each other and not go to that party and just hang out with yeah. other people just want to be on their own and i think it's a really sweet uh release it's a really sweet album um there are some guests on it like uh, uh metro Boomin and rosalia and andre 2000. couldn't go a week without mention rosalia andre 3000 yeah. of course yeah um and with, it, with maybe my favorite guest verse of the year I remember like when I was listening to that song and he just lands in the track and I just felt like I was like taken out of my body it was just it's an insane song it's so good yeah and it's just great anytime Andrew does anything he's so good worth having but I will say overall like they all all the guests like Travis Scott and um Moses Sumney, they all fit into the album really nicely. Mm. Um, and it could be an album that's almost too sickly sweet in the way that they, he's, like, these song titles, including, like, uh, Are You In Love, uh, Can't Believe The Way We Flow. Mm-hmm. You know, they sound a bit like, all right, man, raining in a bit. Yeah. But um, it's a very positive album, and it's it's uh, expertly produced. Uh, it lacks some of that um, darkness that was creeping into uh, James Blake's music in the last couple of releases that I found hard to hold on to. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I'm thinking about Overgrown, for example, and how I found that a, quite a hard listen to go back to. Now, because this was released so long ago, really, in the terms of the year, um, it didn't really come back an awful lot, but I have been listening to it again uh, very recently. Cool. So I've been enjoying it. So um, I will play a bit from uh, Barefoot in the Park, because... Uh, you know, it has an Irish connection sampling an Irish folk song. Um, so this is Barefoot in the Park. swiftly um because we're getting through a number of albums each so uh uh the next choice we have is actually a joint choice from us we both have it in uh it is your number 10 my number 10 what number is it for you my number nine okay yeah right so this this works out really well then yes it's fka twigs magdalene um she just got in there at number 10 um my my kind of six to ten could could change around anywhere really. I think so. that I think it's a given that yeah, you're, you're like my top five and my top order five order changes a lot. But the other the, the the last five there are kind of they're interchangeable. Um, yeah, like it, it 
came out later in the year and it just seemed to absolutely break everybody that listened to it. Um, I think it's been such a positive year for Twigs coming back so strong after, you know, she had illness, she had a very public breakup. She had a lot of like online bullying from fans of her ex and a lot of like racist abuse and just awful stuff happened to her in the last couple of years. She had a tu- six tumors removed. She had six tumors removed. And so she's, she's coming back now and she's like, you know, she's like, she started out as a dancer initially and uh, she's like building back up her strength physically. And I think that this album, it's sort of, it's the culmination of a lot of self-care and self-reflection and building yourself back up again after a lot of trauma, but also allowing yourself to be vulnerable and really like dig down into like the saddest moments of your whole entire life and laying them bare in these like absolutely stunning arrangements. Um, I, I think it's, it's the best, you know, full work that she's put out, including like her EPs and stuff, which I'm a really massive fan of. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great to have her back. I really, really hope to catch her live at some stage in 2020. Yeah. With all of the, uh, things that she can do as a dancer as well, which have really mm. come to the fore. And I think she's worked a lot on that in, as a result, uh, since, um, she released LP one in 2014 and since her, um, uh, operation, yeah. um, she said she had been pretty much like physically crippled by what had happened to her in, in the operation. I had to build herself physically back up again. And yeah. a lot of that was to do with. Um, you may have seen the Jimmy Fallon video we talked about recently, um, yeah. where she's pole dancing and then she's been doing a lot of sword fighting, which I think she did a bit of before, but she's really kind of a master at all these things now. Yeah. And she's just so much more than like, a, just a musical artist. Like she's yeah. very much an audio visual kind of auteur. She's yeah. amazing. Took me a long time to get into this album. Um, mm. it's, it is very sad and it's also, um, it's quite a difficult one to enjoy almost, mm. um, because there's just a lot going on and there's a lot of textures. It kind of feels like it operates in, in its own space in this like stasis kind of area where you're not quite sure what's happening. Um, but she brings you through it all. And uh, it's a fascinating one. And it's one that I know has a lot of listens left for me. Yeah, so me too. Yeah. I think that's one of the other reasons why I'm like, I'm only really getting into this now. Yeah. And I'm getting into it where I was like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Um, and there's only one guest on it, which is Future, um, which is kind of a, um, a not a song that really um, chimes with the rest of the album in a way, but um, it is what it is. Uh, the song is called Holy Terrain. But we're going to hear a bit of a track from the third track from the album, which is called Sad Day. Would you make a, make a, make a wish on my love? FK Twigs uh, album is called Magdalene which was uh, your 10th choice my 9th choice yep. uh, so, we so move we're on skipping to over your 9 now and on to my yeah, 9 so go on tell me what your number 9 uh, album of the year is my number 9 is Designer by Aldous Harding um, I just think that she 
she just sort of like exploded into my life this year and uh, has really come to define the music that I've listened to in 2019. Um, I think the the album overall is just so interesting. It's kind of, it's it's at times, you know, like quite straightforward folk and really intricate and lovely guitar and beautiful vocals. But then it just has this like air of mischief about it um, where like a lot of her lyrics are pretty much like indecipherable. It's very kind of um, impressionist or not impressionistic, abstract. That's the one. Um, and out there and you can kind of dig and dig and I feel like you'll never get to the point that she was actually trying to make. So you just kind of have to make your own kind of world within it, which I find really fun um, and really playful. And just even in terms of like her aesthetics, like the video for the barrel and even for uh, fixture picture and what, what was the other single that she had? I can't remember now. Um, oh, Zoo Eyes. Um, she just she just has this like really weird way of kind of expressing, I guess, like in a way, femininity and what it is to be a folk artist and what it is to kind of push boundaries within a genre that might get pigeonholed as like an acoustic only genre or something like that. Um, I, yeah, I just find her really, really interesting. She reminds me of like a kind of a folkier Coco Rosie or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I love this album. I absolutely love it. It's probably the first on uh, this list that I have not gone into. Okay. But that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I think my first impression of Aldous Harding was the Horizon song. And mm. um, I just couldn't, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of times, a couple of songs have come up. But it, it's quite subtle. All of it's quite subtle. Mm. And every time I've put it on, it's just not had nothing for me. Anyway, this isn't about me. It's about that's your fair. choice. No, that's fine. Um, but so let's listen to a bit of a song from Aldous Harding. This is called The Barrel. Look at all the peaches. How do you celebrate? You can't appear in It's already day. I know you have the dove. Aldous Harding from her album Designer, who was here last week and uh, heard good, mostly good things about the gig yep. in Vicar Street. Um, I'm sure she'll be back uh, very soon. Um, someone who maybe won't be back for a while, who's my number eight uh, album. Now, she was here not too long ago. She played Longitude. Her name is Solange, and the album is When I Get Home. Now, there was a bit of a mixed reaction, I guess, to this album when it came out, uh, maybe because it wasn't as um, marquee as A Seat at the Table. But it's one of those ones I found myself going back to an awful lot this year. Mm. And whether it is... As a background listen, I think I've, I do feel it's generally underappreciated. Um, but maybe uh, that'll, like the end of year list only start to come out now, maybe that will become less, uh, more obvious or less obvious as those come out. Um, but it's just something I went back to a lot of. I, I loved the fact that it just operated it in its own space. It was quite meditative and uh, it wasn't concerned with like giving you any 
big moments, um, but it was concerned with giving you these rhythmic, kind of hypnotic, um, almost, you know, mantras, basically, mm-hmm. uh, in a very unique way. And I also think that key to this album for me and understanding it and just enjoying it, she released um, a full visual um, album on Apple Music to accompany this. And I think... It just showed me that she has, Solange has really, you know, thought about all this and created this world. And I really enjoyed when somebody does that. And I'm like, she's Solange, like she's, mm-hmm. she's a knoll. She knows what she, she, she knows how to do these things. She and knows I just, how to she do knows, these things. She just, <laughs> no, Noel's house party. <laughs> <laughs> new, new tv idea we, we did a lot of leaps there <laughs> <laughs> noel's house party where you go over to beyonce and solange's house and hang out and make and, and and do some dance moves please some <laughs> abstract dance moves but uh, yeah i just think uh because it was on apple music it probably wasn't seen as much by many people as mm. it should have been and uh, there's a few of those albums i've had this year one which we'll talk about later which has a visual accompaniment and um, which really lifted it up and gave me uh, another extra dimension to appreciate. But I mostly just found myself going back to this an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly this song I'm about to play, which is Stay Flow. Um, do you, did you listen to this much? I did, yeah. Um, we reviewed it. We definitely did review it. Um, yeah, we did, yeah. And it, yeah, it, it, it didn't make my top albums. Well, I'm not going to give excuses. I've got fine albums in my top albums. But um, it, it definitely is one of those... Um, records where I kind of see it more as an art piece than just an album. It would be. It's not a big record. No, no, it doesn't have any big songs really on it either, which is fine. Uh, it's just not one that I felt that I ever really felt, you know, while I'm out and about uh, that I want to put on while I'm walking around. It's definitely one that I I think I've only listen to it with the visual accompaniment and I think that that's probably the best way to experience it yeah like you said. Or maybe it's fair to say it is more of a background album yeah. in lots of ways than yeah. it is like an active listen yeah um or like I, I could imagine if like, like you said it's a meditative album if you wanted to just sort of put something on and close your eyes or, or like go to sleep or something and that, that's not to detract from the album like a, a lot of my favorite music is music I listen to when, when I'm going to sleep when um, I'm asleep <laughs> when I'm asleep yeah I love this yes, um love but yeah I definitely see it as more as more of an art piece than a straightforward record but I mean like you said she's Solange yeah so yeah this is one of my favorite tracks from it it is called Stay Flow from Solange Working out of town on the floor Making things rain gonna go Niggas get down and they feel it on their face Down, 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 don't you know Solange at Stay Flow from her album When I Get Home, uh, my number eight album of the year. Oh, she's still playing. There you go. Um, so up next, we have uh, your number eight. My album. number eight is uh, Ghosting by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. 
Great. Um, I really want you to tell. I know what it's about, and I I'm not a big Nick Cave fan. So, um, but I'm just not not like I don't dislike him or anything. I just don't mm. really listen to him. Well, I was about to preface this by saying that I don't know how much of this I can actually talk about because <laughs> <laughs> it it's an album that I've I think I've only listened to it about five times, but it's just stayed with me. But I don't find it very easy to listen to. Um, but in terms of the albums that I think are the best of the year, this is up there. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot kind of lighter and brighter than his previous record, which was very concerned with the death of his son and kind of general tragedy um, and was quite a difficult listen. Beautiful listen, but difficult listen. Whereas Ghosting is a little bit more concerned with kind of growth and how grief can kind of propel you how, how grief can kind of give you strength in a way well that's kind of what what I'm taking from it is that like you can go through grief and it can it can make like it does make you stronger and it can inform the person that you are now going to become um and it's just it's such a beautiful ode to a very difficult time in Nick Cave's life but it's also so lovely to hear him kind of not moving on but moving forward even if it's just like in teeny tiny steps um it's yeah I just never really heard grief recorded like it um with such immense beauty in it like it's just so sprawlingly aesthetically like rich and powerful and godlike it's just so massive it's a massive massive piece like a bible or something do you know um see that is very daunting or like, or it's like like you, it's like looking at a giant big like caravaggio painting and you're like oh my god i feel all of the human emotions all at once and I'm really overwhelmed by it that's why I, I find it hard to talk about the album critically because it just it really does like hit me like a truck every time I listen to it so I'm just like it's really good it's really sad that's all I know <laughs> kind of thing yeah that's okay Is yeah that like like there's you don't you know you're you're a music fan first and you're not you're a critic second it, oh yeah 100 percent. So. and this this is definitely an album where I I've just, I just, I don't think I'm even that interested in being critical of it because I'm afraid it might lose its magic. Um, I don't think it would actually, but yeah, there's just, there's that fear there. Okay, very good. Um, yeah, I, he's just an artist that I really respect but and admire, but I've never really listened to an awful lot. I have and a playlist for you that my yeah. friend Carlo made and he, he he's like number one Nick Cave fan and he made me a fantastic playlist about a year and a half ago. And that's what got me okay. really into Nick Cave. So okay. send it on. I will. All right. This is from Nick Cave's Ghosting. This is uh, Waiting for You. As soon as my anchor never asked to be freed, well, sleep now, sleep now, take as long as you need, because I'm just waiting for you. Waiting for you. Is 
Nick Kay waiting for you from Ghosting. Don't listen to that on the bus, so you might cry. Yeah, I was just saying to Niall that the first <laughs> the day it came out, I put I was like, oh, I'm gonna get the bus to work and l- listen to the new Nick Cave. And when I say I was like, I was crying on the bus, like it's a good thing. It, it was a fairly empty bus early on a Monday. Was it a no early on a Friday morning? I was like literally just sobbing on the bus. It was very, very intense. Listen in the comfort of your own home when you're not going to be interrupted. Okay. That's my recommendation. <laughs> well, by contrast, my number seven album is from a rapper from Northampton in the UK and uh, who made a lot of noise this year, was Mercury nominated. His album was called Nothing Great About Britain and uh, really chimed with the times of Brexit as well. Um, a very unique, com- almost as we discussed last week, a kind of punkish um, attitude to uh, grime and, and rap. And But also, you know, there are some surprising songs there about like life and family that are quite emotional and deep. And I think he's a guy who's quite in touch with his emotions as well as being looking like... Um, a man with gold teeth and kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, Nothing Great About Britain became one of those albums for me that I can't, went back to an awful lot. It is from Slow Tie. Um, and yeah, just uh, one of those, you know, crept up on me over the course of a, of a year. Something very unique about what he does um, mm. and brings a a skitterish kind of energy in terms of how he raps and uh the album I think is fantastic and uh, so that is my number seven album. Cool. Have you heard that one? I have, yeah. Um, I haven't returned to it a whole lot but I do, I, I think it probably should have won the Mercury. I was really going for it. Yeah. I was really hoping it was um, going to win. Out of everything that was nominated I think that that would have been the one that would have had my vote anyway. Um, I was listening to it a good bit around that time and yeah, I do, like I think, like you said, really interesting kind of heartfelt stuff within all of this like very nearly erratic beats um does really interesting stuff to do with like family and masculinity and the relationship between those two things and masculinity within like a wider social context and stuff which is you know in terms of where we're at in britain now um there's oh this comes out on a very big day actually this comes out on the on the vote day this this uh podcast so indeed it does hope you're all voting tactically um but yeah in 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 a in an interesting year for britain um this this was a a, a good album to come out of it yeah and he just went on from here to go and collaborate with the likes of Denzel Curry and a few others yeah. and just uh, he's he was on another album that we're going to discuss shortly uh, he's been a lot of places on the Flumes album mm-hmm. uh, the mixtape that we all really enjoyed this year as well uh, in the office that is um, so yeah the slow tie nothing great about Britain I'm going to play uh, one of the sweet songs from uh, the album which is called Gorgeous Terrorised when the wind spin burrows and the pub got turned Lewis DeMar, man, I miss my bros Window thing trying to take their souls DeMar need they wouldn't let him out the cell But I'm happy he's alive, he's alive and well Shout out to people that bump low for real Shout out to Jalil for the food you have real Know where I live, you know you get You know you get, you know you get chill Five man deep and we all in cars Five man deep and we all in, all in Five man deep and we all in cars Five man deep and we all in Like five man deep and we all in Five man deep when we all in, all in. Five man deep when we all in. Five man deep when we all in. 
used to stash food at Amy's. She'll have a spliff walk Jasper. Lost a dog, drunk on vodka. Responsibility, another chapter. I'll do it, plain face, so obvious. Oblivious to a consequence, never anonymous. Known in my postcode. Pit back and a crossbow. You can get sneaked at a cute club, banging on the window. A slow tie. Album is called Nothing Great About Britain. That song is called Gorgeous. Uh, up next is your number six album. Number seven. Oh, sorry, number seven. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is from uh, Tom York, and it is called Indeed. Anima. Um, and it is just such a stunning album. I've. I, it's kind of. It stayed with me. It came out in the summer time ish. I think like maybe July or August. And I just find it so interesting and engaging and a little bit scary at times um the accompanying paul thomas anderson directed um feature with it kind of like the solange record like just gives a lot of artistic and social context to it um and it's yeah, it's definitely not. It's it's one of those where it's 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 not an easy listen. Um, I <laughs> I have a few that aren't easy <laughs> listens actually. <laughs> I need to be kinder to myself next year. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm generally kind of obsessed with how um, society and culture is changing in, to become a lot more like isolate isolating and a lot more like mechanized and digitized and I think that this album kind of dives into the human story that's at the center of that and I think that that's a theme that I've really enjoyed in music this year um along with a few other like links that link the albums together that I think that will will come up shortly with other other albums I'll talk about but yeah this is just um it's Tom York solo wise I think at his best um and yeah, li- listen to it and definitely watch the film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was in my top 20, I think, mm-hmm. um, but not my top 10. That's so. fine. That's fine. So we're going to play a bit of a track from uh, Tom York's anime. It's called Not the News. <laughs> Tom York with Anima, uh, a song called uh, Not The News. Uh, up next, we have uh, my number six choice, uh, which was originally our album of the half year when we did that list on the website. Um, it is from Tyler, the creator, and it's called Igor. And uh, yeah, just uh, with Flower Boy, when it came out a couple of years ago, I thought Tyler had uh, packed, like, he had accessed a part of himself that no one knew existed and he was being, uh, he was removing the mask of what Tyler, the creator, had been in our future and a very visceral, troublesome character as well and maybe somewhat hateful, leaning into that kind of, um, and to become a much more nuanced artist. Mm. And again, we see a development in Igor about um, 
who this person is. Who, uh, it's an album about unrequited love and uh, and the space between that and afterwards. And I think it's a fantastic album and it's really like a, it's quite a beautiful album in lots of ways, um, but it doesn't compromise uh, sonically on anything that people would know Tyler for in terms of like, there's a lot of distorted kind of low end stuff. Um, it's really fascinating. Yeah, Slow Tie actually features on this as well. Mm. Um, and we actually might hear a second of that um, shortly. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of the, in terms of rap albums, there was not a lot of, uh, like the other rap albums that I really enjoyed this year, like that I went back to a lot was uh, Wiki's album, a couple of others but really this was the one for me that i was like yeah this is it this mm-hmm. is it and i'm really i love that he has accessed this part of himself that is being very raw and honest and um i'm it's still really exciting to know like looking forward about what happens after this record mm-hmm. like where he's going to go with it and i think you're seeing that journey and he's being as honest as he can now um which maybe will be even more honest as he goes on so i think it's really fascinating and he's obviously you know there's a satellite of artists around him like uh sid and frank ocean and the likes and the internet and uh steve lacy and they're all doing quite similar uh heart-bearing stuff as mm, well and i love I think, this trend yeah it's yeah. good it's good yeah. i think i think they owe a lot to frank ocean with that yeah kind of i would like, say that's fair enough yeah um and he's probably like his successes probably encouraged that but yeah isn't it mad think like odd future these like brats who appeared like, <laughs> brats <laughs> eight years ago are now like making this beautiful music i know mostly. it's great it's you such that's character development such growth yeah these boys it's good yes. you can hear it and see it all at once yeah so uh before i play the track what's good we're gonna give um last week we had a few of our writers in uh to discuss their songs of the week and as they were in we asked them what their album of the year was and uh, mike mcgrath brian chose tyler creators igor so here's a a few words from mike about the album from tyler the creator so for my album of the year for this installment of the nine or nine podcast i had to kind of look differently than maybe previous years as a music journalist at how i took in different albums how i consumed music in that you know obviously freelancing and everything else that can be a very kind of demanding space in your time but can also like allow you a lot of time to take in records necessarily and when that kind of changes a little bit um it kind of changes your relationship to how you analyze things and kind of look at things and in that respect my album of the year for both immediacy and substance is tyler the creator's igor to put it straight uh, it kind of really balances this kind of emergent pop new that Tyler, the creator, has been kind of nurturing all these years. This love for Pharrell Williams in particular that we keep referring to, along with the kind of idiosyncrasies and the influences that he's really had in his delivery, um, both solo and with Odd Future. Uh, front-loaded with bangers in classic pop style, you know, naturally kicking off with Igor's theme, uh, Earthquake. And I think it's just just such a statement in and of itself in that you're showcasing three very separate understandings and grasps of musical modern musical history really and then kind of bring them all together under one kind of common understanding and one narrative thread as well was fantastic uh standouts igor's theme earthquake i think you're going to be hard pressed to find a better kind of three in one even if it is just a kind of a pop lead in but also new magic wand really kind of nice and sludgy uh gone gone really referencing you know american indie to a great extent before kind of giving way to a conclusive work in the overarching narrative as well. And that's the other thing that kind of caught me about Igor as well, in that, you know, a lot of has been made about that album 
catching people by the feels and talking about universality and themes of love and all of this, which is a mile away from you know previous work that Tyler the Creator has maybe done, except for maybe you know Flower Boy on account of identity and all of this. But it captures the irrationality of crushes, of unrequited love, of love triangles, and does so in a way that's kind of contemporaneous and allows us maybe a little bit of an insight to Tyler Okunuma, the artist and the producer, finding himself as much as. Tyler, the creator, the pop star, kind of arriving at a new chapter in his life. And if I were to try and sum up Igor into one reason why it's my album of the year, that kind of moment-capturing zeitgeist thing that people are going to look back in 2019, it's a pop record for the new normal. Suck me first, I might get back at ya Cause that shit clear, check the aperture Ha 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 ha, I can't laugh at ya It's the shit that make you nervous About to go buck wild, niggas leave us I'm sick of that clearing talk, I'm on my third When niggas talking records, I never heard I see the light I see the light That is Tyler the Creator with Igor, uh, both my, well, my number six album of the year and Mike McGrath Brian's number one. So um, we're moving on to your number six. six. Yes, yes. Um, it is. It's my boys. It's Vampire Weekend with Father of the Bride. Look, the album is very bloated. We know this, but when you dig in, there is just such joy here and it had to be included did it need to be a double album absolutely not did do you find yourself listening to the whole thing or no 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 i made a playlist Um, and actually no encore is craig fitzpatrick made a playlist called first cousin of the bride um (laughs) with all all of his favorite songs from it and it was i think just one or two off what mine was as well so it's like Two heads are better than one on that. Like we obviously just give us the album before before you put it out. Yeah. We'll whittle it Quality down. Quality controlled over here. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like the songs that are on it, like This Life and Harmony Hall are two of my absolute favorite songs of the year. I think they define the year in a really interesting way. Um, and despite this being a concept album about a wedding, it's also the most kind of, the songs on it are the most overtly political that they've had in their career to date. Um, it was also a relief um, after the uh, after Rostam um, left the band after you know their maybe their greatest album, Modern Vampires of the City. Um, I was afraid that there was going to be a little bit of like a a textural lull, and I think that they got around that by just dialing the kind of sweetness and the the Paul Simon-esque uh, sonic landscape of it up to 11. And it works really, really well for them. There's a lot of really intricate guitar lines on it, really interesting 
lyrics, really interesting percussion. And I just think overall the album is really, really bloated. But if you dive into it and pick your favorite tracks from it, you get a really decent nine track album. Did you include the songs with um, uh, one of the Heim sisters? Almost none of them. They're the kind of country-ish ones. Yeah, they're they're the songs that like, I think when, when we reviewed it, I said that you can easily make three albums out of this. You can make one that's about the wedding one that's about um, kind of political landscape in 2019 and one and the one that they made. Um, and the, It's almost like that part that should have been an EP or something. I, I think so. Yeah, because I think those those tracks and her her input on it works in a certain way. But I don't know. Like I, I just found myself sometimes jolted out of. Like she, she does the the backing vocals in the chorus for this life, and beautifully done there, like really subtle and, um. But the track wouldn't be the same without a kind of thing. But maybe the the tracks where she's foregrounded just didn't grab me as much. Um, if I'm listening to Vampire Weekend, I kind of just want to hear Ezra right. Koenig. Like he's just got one of my favorite like tones. Well, in it certainly music, uh, so. cre- um, uh, did better in critically and uh, generally than the other album about a wedding this year. Oh, that Chance one. The Rapper. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, mm. I haven't heard much about that. So well, that's my number one, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Um, okay, here's a bit from Vampire of the Weekend, Father the Bride. Uh, this is just for you because I think you really like the song. Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. Oh, I do. Thank you. Just think what could have been Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. All I do is lose, baby. All I want's to win Jerusalem, New York, Berlin Our tongues with false are still Our teeth without decay A minute feels much longer With nothing left to say So let them win the battle but don't let them restart that genocidal feeling that beats in every heart. A wicked world. Just think what could have been. Okay, that is Vampire Weekend with Jerusalem, New York, Berlin from Fire of the Bride. So we're getting into the top five now. Woo. I think we probably share a lot in the top five. Well, the first one we'd absolutely do share. Um, so you want to tell me what your number five is? My number five is Crushing by Julia Jacqueline. Crushing by Julia Jacqueline is my number two album of the year. Okay, right. So we'll, so, we'll chat about it now? Yes, we will. Okay. Because we brought it up and we've just, <laughs> we, we're going to discuss it. Let's just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think I've been moving those top five around uh, a fair bit in the last mm. even week. Um, and maybe on another day it would have been my number one. I know. Um, it's a devastatingly beautiful album um, and one that I find a lot of lyrical depth in and we've discussed Pressure to Party last week so you can go back and listen to that episode about that song in particular but there's a lot there, a lot of personal, intimate um, kind of thoughts and details that are really lift the songwriting and it's just a fantastic release. It is... Um, for me, my way into Julia Jacqueline was Fantastic Furniture from last year. And mm. then um, this album came out and I was like, whoa, this is fucking amazing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I've just been um, crushing hard on Julia Jackson, Jacqueline all year. 
um, from the time we saw her in February, I want to say. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was, it was that around early. that time in Wheelands. And uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant album. And um, lots of just a really detailed and unique way of talking about certain things. Um, like that song Body about, you know, like how somebody can hold something against you or you know how you feel in your own skin all those kind of things um and just like those details about somebody being taken off the plane mm. like all that kind of stuff and you're like oh it's really interesting and yeah. really fascinating and it's one that I've come back to an awful lot even though it's quite a um it has a bit of a mood in some ways but it then it's lifted by kind of more upbeat tracks like pressure to party and uh things like that so yeah, it's your number five. I thought it would have been higher actually for you. Yeah, look, it was and then it wasn't. Like it's it's so hard once you get into the top five. It's so difficult. It's like a Sophie's Choice situation. Um, well, it's there. That's the important but, thing. Yeah, it's here. Yeah, I wrote earlier in the year for the site that Julia Jacqueline was like the big sister I never had. And I just felt like listening to this album, I was just like getting advice and like a helping hand through life by somebody who might have been been there before or something like just this kind of this guiding hand very astute observer like yeah of the human condition yeah she just like like you said like her her imagery is so she she balances it so well between having like very very specific circumstances like embody where she is going away with her boyfriend and he has a cigarette in the in the airplane toilet and then when the plane lands the police are waiting and they had to fly back home and they never got the money back for that weekend and like just something like that where look that hasn't happened to everybody but you all know some guy who's gonna do that we've all dated that guy and like or, or like maybe we've all been that guy and then like when the family flies in is such a heartbreaking song as well and even like songs like you were right about um listening to your ex's favorite band when like after you break up just to be like oh yeah by the way I do like them just <laughs> as, as like a little kind of small but mighty revenge kind yeah, of thing minor, minor victory but a significant one, exactly yeah. yeah and yeah it's it, it's that balance between like high specificity and also being so broadly relatable um and again like just just such strength in femininity and strength in vulner vulnerability is like something that is definitely running through a lot of my favorite albums this year her voice is beautiful she's a fantastic guitarist um she she's just like she's got it like she just has it Mm -hmm. she's yeah she's super special absolutely let's play a bit of uh don't know how to keep loving you from julia jacqueline's crush
Okay, that's Julia Jacqueline from the album Crushing. That's I uh, don't know how to keep loving you. Uh, so my number five album of 2019 is uh, a surprising one, I guess, in lots of ways for me personally, um, because I was never a huge fan. But it's undeniable how good Norman fucking Rockwell uh, by Lana Del Rey is. It mm-hmm. is my number two, five album, and your my number two album. Your number two. Yeah. So we swapped, swapped on those. Uh, earlier fronts. today, it was my number one album. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we we reviewed this uh, back when it came out, and uh, I think we were both struck by just how much he's lifted and found um, new meaning and new things in 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 the way that she puts herself across and what she talks about lyrically um really interesting in terms of how um musically it's 14 tracks long it never feels like that no. it's um not a second is wasted um and it's the whole thing is magnetizing in how she discusses and kind of explores um her own you know i think the thing about lana as well is like uh, there was a lot of rubbish about lana on twitter with and and k powers and and oh yeah i forgot about that yeah whole that whole like yeah. back and forth between you can't um you can't tell me what my album is mm. but you know we're telling you it's good so and, sit down and, and, and k powers was as well yeah yeah <laughs> that's the point <laughs> good point um, but you know it was one of those things where you know it could be interpretive and interpreted in lots of different ways but i believe on that episode i started talking about roland barth's death of the author and i think uh, I'd like to make a, a an apology to anybody who had to listen to me be that wanky about anything in public as a broadcaster. So I'm very sorry about that. But it's right. true. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, this this album is like, I feel like the thing about Lana, the two, the two of us, I think we're in the same boat coming into this record where we, we really respected her as an artist, but we never really kind of got it yeah I never really connected other than a couple of songs here and there me too and I think she hit the nail on the head with like I I always really liked her sort of like hyper um like American style and look and aesthetic around her uh, around her music and around her music videos but I I never really got why it was that she was doing it until this record. And I think Nor- Norman Rockwell as a as a way in to the American dream and the problems with it and in the current state of the world with, you know, make America great again and all of these conversations that were happening. She just, this is, this is an album that was the right place, right time and really manages to critique something that's really, really huge in a really kind of artistically accomplished way. But then there's also like absolute bangers on it as well. And so it's, and I remember you saying at the time that you were really struck by her vocals and how much she's come along there. And listening back to it over the couple, uh, over the past couple of days, I think that that is, that's a, a good, um, it's a good point to make on her because she's definitely working a lot more in her upper registers and she just sounds on this like she's having a lot more fun. Even though there's a lot of lyrics about, you know, the modern world and like toxic culture. Yeah, but she just does it like, I mean, I can't imagine a way to sum up not only this year, but this decade better than the culture is lit and I had a ball, I guess that I'm burned out after all. Like that's, it's, it sums up like 
politically, environmentally, personally, just how fucking wrecked we all are after like this insane decade that we've had. But also like, I don't know, I, I just I can't imagine that line being in anything but a Lana Del Rey song or yeah. maybe a Father John Misty song. Do you know, it has that kind of yeah. humor to it. I think as well for Lana and on the vocal thing is like one accusation you could level at her in the past was that maybe she didn't feel like she was truly connecting with what she was singing sometimes or like maybe there was a veneer above the vocals where you were like, yeah. you know, a knowing wink kind of like playing the character or whatever. Sure. And you feel like, no, this is really what she's saying. And I really feel in her vocals that she is, she is meaning every word of it. Yeah, I think and, so too. And that's why I think it resonates even more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is Norman fucking Rockwell from Lana Del Rey. Um, before we play Hope is a Dangerous Thing for a Woman Like Me to Have, but I have it. Uh, we're going to, Kelly Doherty uh, chose this as her album of 2019. And here is why. So my album of the year is Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Um, I think it's a, a clear runner for me just personally as the album I've gone back to the most throughout the year, um, but also just as a, a kind of development of Lana Del Rey's musical style uh, and everything that came with it. I think it's a, a real raw portrayal of her experience of womanhood, her experience of love, um, all of those types of things. It's just, yeah, it's it's very raw and it's very open and honest. And I think uh, it's kind of very interesting the way she's approached it. I think a lot of the kind of nostalgic elements that have always been there in her music are tuned in to we see why it's relevant to now as opposed to before maybe it was sometimes feeling like she was kind of playing a role so whereas now it's like okay I see where this nostalgia comes from and it, it, you can see it as a, a form of escapism uh, throughout the music I just think it's a, a really beautifully arranged album uh, it doesn't pile on too much uh, it takes things back to its most simplistic but also like demands your attention in that type of way so it's definitely for a mile by a mile for me uh, my favorite album of the year the most famous woman you know on the iPad Calling from beyond the grave I just wanna say hi dad I've been tearing up town in my fucking white gown Like a goddamn sociopath Shaking my ass is the only thing that's Got this black narcissist off my back She couldn't care less And I never cared more So there's no more to say about that Except hope is a dangerous thing For a woman like me to have Hope is a dangerous thing For a woman with my past there's a new revolution, a loud evolution that I saw. Okay, that is Lana Del Rey from Norman Effing Rockwell, uh, exclamation point. Um, Norman fucking Rockwell! Yay! Woo! <laughs> so we're going to skip um, the next one because it's my number one and it's your number four. four. Yeah. So we'll reveal that at the end um, along with your number one. Um, but in the meantime, my number four album of the year. And this move around again this week because I 
has spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks listening to the albums again. And this morning I took the dog for a walk in the warm world gardens and I listened to this album on my headphones. It's a lovely, it was a lovely morning. It was a lovely morning. Well. Very, it was. Yeah, winter crisp, sun. Crisp. Yeah, um, yeah she nice. chased a tractor. It was Did great crack. Did she? Did she win? No. <laughs> she, she didn't kill herself anyway. That was a good thing. Um, but no, she had a great time. Anyway, nothing to do with, <laughs> with this album. Yeah. But that was the context in which I listened to it most recently. And... The album is Bonnie Bear and the album uh, the title is I I. Um I think it's a really, really great album. But I discovered again, you know, the first half of the album is pretty stacked. And then there's a run of tracks from eight, nine, ten, eleven, maybe twelve. Nine nine to twelve that is like, oh, these songs aren't great actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, that's probably fair. And there's one at the end that's quite good, Rabbi. Um, mm. But there's a run of four songs that are pretty poor, I want to say. Like, I mean, mm. I didn't, I, I just, they don't uh, match what's come before it. Yeah. Um, there's a really great run of tracks on this. Um, I think I actually did struggle with 22 a million in lots of ways. I found it very hard to love. Um, um, I, mate. I, well, look, this is my opinion. Now. Over That's, the I'm, decade. Uh, <laughs> it isn't. Wasn't, couldn't get into it. Um, I found it quite difficult to to go back to other than a couple of different songs here and there but as an album overall uh, I struggle with it um, but for this one and again this is another one that had visual accompaniment through a series of YouTube videos that were very simple but um, mm-hmm. also gave me another dimension for the album just simple uh, choreographed videos or otherwise very, yeah that's all they pretty much were and they're all available on YouTube to watch Um I like that it's not a very weighty like album the way 22 million is there's quite a lot feeling in that and there's mm. a lot of weight um pouring out of it there is in this as well uh, but there's also quite a lot of beauty in this the tracks like hey ma one of my favorite tracks of the year easily uh, just a beautiful song and i find myself singing along to the the first half of the album a lot yeah um it's that kind of album and uh so it is it has moved around a bit so yeah it's currently my number four album of the year yeah. anyway it's in there um and it also has, so it has at least two of my favorite songs of the year all in, but I really enjoy, like there's a lot of strange lyrics in there as well. Mm-hmm. Lyrics that don't really make sense, like um, that he contextualized in a Pitchfork interview actually about like being knocked off a speed bike and stuff like that. And you're like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of that, but then there's also a lot of be- beauty in there, like uh, You Man Like, which has love a lovely um, backing vocal that comes in, or um, I can't remember who does that, actually, um, who sings that. There's a chorus of people who come in. Um, oh, it's like the uh, Brooklyn Choir? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's just such a lovely song. Yeah, they're lovely on that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're on the album a couple of times, I think. They are, yeah. yeah. There's a few like that. And I think in terms of Bobby Bear, it might be the last time we hear from him for a while because it's the end of his seasons album. I don't even know if we knew that was happening until now or he just put this on afterwards. Mm. But it is a nice bookend to the, the four albums that he released. Um, it does hark back to some of the earlier stuff that he released because it's a bit softer and folkier, but it also has that experimentation in there. And it's something that I quite enjoy, the fact that you just don't know where the production is going and what's happening. But there's a lot of piano-based music here as well. And uh, I just really enjoy it, especially the first, 
I would say the first eight songs and then from nine to 12, I was like, oh, they're not great. Sure. Yeah. So that's why it's my number four. Um, so we play a bit of you, man. Like, did you have, you had this in your special mentions? Yeah, this is in my special mentions. Um, I do really, really like this album. Um, I I disagree on the II versus 22 million thing, but I think I'm probably in the minor- minority on that. I think 22 million was just such a massive album for me. Uh, it just kind of changed the way I listened to music. Um, and That's not a small statement at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it was It was really, really kind of groundbreaking in my own brain. Um, and it also just came at the, at the right time for me as well. But I think with this album, what he's done is he's taken the kind of raw experimentation of 22 million and toned it down a lot. Um, not not to its detriment or anything. I, I just think it's, it's that bit more subdued and it's um, the, the kind of the crazy um production stuff that was so huge on 22 million kind of serves the songs a little bit more on ii um and it serves them more as as pieces um i think you man like and uh hey ma um are both really really beautiful songs and yeah it it, like if this is a, a a four album seasonal thing i think that this record has the the Maybe, yeah, maybe the best of the other three. Um, I, yeah, I personally would have liked a little bit more of the 22 million stuff on it, but I don't know how that would have worked Mm. with the kind of the delicacy of the first half of the record. But yeah, it was a special mention for me anyway, yeah. Okay, here's Bonnie Vera with you, man like, from I.I. There is no more this ride in the common case It ain't nothing what you say Hey, that was Bonnie Ver with you, man. Like, and our next choice uh, for our albums of 2019 are actually our joint third choice. Oh, are we the same on this? We are. Great. Um, it is. Um, right. This might be tr- controversial, so hold on to your hats, listener. Is it? Well, because we're doing. Well, look. Tra- <laughs> trademark first is that it. They the band of the year. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, yeah. Uh, a band that only came into my life this year really mm. in lots of ways and uh, both physically and uh, sonically and uh, hourly in terms of like listening by earphones um, but you I think we were more familiar with them in the first place yeah so the band is Big Thief and the album albums well look right if, if anyone wants to be purist about it I'll take UFOF and you can take two hands or, I, or I'll take two hands and you can take UFOF yeah, right yeah. there so we, we go sorted. I mean the band themselves said that the two albums which came out like what two three months apart yeah. are actually two sides of the same coin yeah no, like there's an argument to be made. Celestial that Twin Celestial and Earth Twin. Twin and that's Earth it. Twin, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, we've talked so much about Big Thief uh, on this podcast this year. It's no it's no surprise to anybody that this is in the top, top three albums. And if you were at our Cork Live show, Two Hands was our, um, our album of the week that week. And yeah, I mean, look, UFOF, 
I don't know what else I can say about it other than it's been such a such a huge part of my year um just l- listening to that record and then when two hands came out as well it was like it was like being able to it was like coming back down to earth and the two of them together are just so beautifully rendered like ufof just takes you completely somewhere else like it absolutely transforms the space around you so that you're not in the real world anymore and then two hands brings you back down and reminds you that the real world actually can be really beautiful and that you don't need to like look elsewhere for beauty and meaning. yeah like uh ufof there's like this liminal kind of deja vu space as we described it and then mm. uh two hands is the more um physical intimate um down body in the soil area. kind of yeah, yeah like yeah. recorded uh both recorded in different ways as well that one mm. two hands uh recorded in a way that um no overdubs uh, well maybe a couple in the album uh, yeah. but very much in close proximity in terms of physical space yeah and it really does uh, leave that impression and look the the songs on here are just uh like astounding they're absolutely yeah like cattails you got not you got um give me your favorites there uh, ufof is is my favorite song of this year um and it's i thought it's probably my favorite song in the decade to be honest like it's it's the most beautiful thing I've ever listened to and I will never ever get to the bottom of why it's so moving it's so much more than the sum of its parts um and yeah I'm just absolutely floored by it every time I listen to it yeah there's songs like not who I watch I remember them playing in Vicar Street the time we went to see them and yeah when they released it I was like whoa yeah that song is fantastic and hearing it once and then it being so memorable that you remembered it, it. The, yeah, when it came out, which yeah. is very rare, and it just shows you the strength of their songwriting, but also the strength of them as a band. Another thing that's interesting about the the list in general this year, and uh, I found overall, there's not a lot of band records um, that mm. made a big impression. I mean, the only ones that probably aren't on this list that we may have been in the running are albums like uh, the National. I am easy to find. Um, but quite, generally speaking, not a lot of uh, band albums made it yeah. into the list. We like have I've, I've two on my list, three if you count Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, but that's a Nick Cave album, really. It's, it's so, like, Nick Cave, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've two bands on my list. Like, mm. yeah. So just something that I found interesting recently, that there's not a lot of uh, records being made by a collection of people, um, but Big Thief are certainly a fine collection of people, even though... Adrian Lenker is the one that drives a lot of the things. Yeah. And I think you can feel that a, a couple of the songs from UFOF were on her solo record in different forms. Mm. Um, and live, she is uh, in charge. Yeah, um, oh, 100%. But the interesting thing about that is that like she she's definitely like the forefront of the kind of, of the band's kind of direction and the songs. But there's so like they're all such incredible musicians. Like their, their drummer is just, I don't know how he does what he does. He's, he, he really knows when to like rein it in and let the other instruments kind of take to the fore. And then at other times he's just doing things rhythmically on these, like quite like, like, I don't know, subdued and straightforward folk songs. But then he comes in with this like really interesting, really, like low in the mix rhythm that just propels it forward so much um I don't know a whole lot about like traditional drumming like in in 
but in like indie bands and stuff. But I, I definitely know that he's very much like a drummer's drummer and people who drum really, really like him. So that's probably a good sign. <laughs> But they're just absolutely um, fantastic albums. I've used the word fantastic too much in this podcast. That's okay. But, it, it, uh, it describes Superlatives so well. are, you know, hard to come by when you're talking about albums that are actually that incredible and uh, so well realized. And they don't feel like they're overproduced in any way. You feel like you're getting a very raw statement, even though it's it's very well put together as well. At the same yeah. Time, both of these albums. And they are two sides of the same coin, so I think it's fair to say put them, lump them in together. Which do you prefer? I think my favorite is probably UFOF. Yeah, I think yeah, I I. But I think not is probably like my second favorite song that they released this year. I know, maybe it's my so favorite. Harsh. Yeah, it's become one of my favorites. It might even be more than Cattails than not is there for me. Mm. So. But then I, I just love putting on the uh, two hands when Rock and Sing comes on and you're yeah. like, yeah, there's lots of things to enjoy here. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, that's why we picked them. Um, so before we play a track um, from one of the two Big Thieves albums, Big Thief albums, we are going to give the last word on those albums to Luke Sharkey, who picked um, UFOF, I believe, as his album of the year. So the first of Big Thief's two albums in 2019 is for sure the more acoustically centered of the two. Um, and for me, that really worked. It was my introduction to the band. I wasn't aware of any of the material they'd done before, but when I was listening to it, utterly fell in love. Um, Adrian, their lead singer, has the most superb, soulful, heartaching voice that I've ever heard. Um, Cattails, I think, is maybe one of the early highlights on it, has been a companion of mine throughout 2019. I could not think of, a, a, for me, a word that is more fitting to describe that song than a companion. It's been something that I've listened to in very, very good moments, in very bleak moments. It's been there, that whole album has been there for me like a hug throughout the entirety of 2019. It is, for me, a cut above anything else that I heard this year and the sound of a band at their peak creative force. So that's why I've chose Big Thieves UFOF. Okay, we're down to the uh, top of the barrel, the end of the barrel, the top of the of the chart. The barrel. We're up to the, the top barrel. of the chart. We've been running down up to the top. <laughs> um, we're running down through, back so, through, down the albums, right yeah. up to the top. So we already featured our number two albums, which uh, yeah, so Judy no- Jacqueline Crushing and yours was Lana, Lana Del Rey, Rey, Norman, Norman Rockwell. Yeah, so... 
We skipped uh, one of your choices because it is number my number one yeah. choice. Uh, this is an album that I came back to an awful lot this year. And it's one of those ones that I am still thoroughly finding new uh, moments that I love. And one of the reasons maybe is because it's long enough. Hmm. Um, second reason is because I just find it a, a superb way. She has, the artist artist has a way of um, tapping into rhythm and cadence and tone and uh for it's a debut album and uh it's very interesting but without further ado i'll just tell you what it is it is from nalu for yanya it is called miss universe it is your number four my number four my yeah. number one album at the moment uh of the year it's just one i've gone back to an awful lot a uh, on on the surface it's a concept album which sounds like you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, I about love concept albums. Do you? Uh, Way them. Health is the idea. So the interludes are about um, personal development and it's almost this kind of like Black Mirror it's style. Like a wellness app. center. Yeah, this thing. wellness kind of app center yeah. thing. That um, And the second album that was released this year that was about um, wellness, uh, Better Oblivion Community that? Center. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Manila is Turkish, Bajan, Irish, English song, singer, songwriter. Um, she's so much more than that though singer songwriter doesn't feel right to call her that no. there's strains of R&B in there there's indie there's um, soul there's all sorts of stuff that are washed up in her music and uh, it's one of the reasons why I keep going back to it she does has a lot of tension in how she plays her music um, especially her guitar and um, then there's lots of lovely uh, brass and synths and uh, spindly kind of percussion and it is an album that I'm just still eating and drinking in. I'm really enjoying um, doing it. And it was such a pleasure this week to go back and listen to all these albums. But this is the one I want to listen to all over again. Mm -hmm. Every time I put it on. Um, and yeah. So what about you for Nalu for Yanya? Yeah, I had a similar experience this week. Um, I just, every single time I go back to this album, like same as yourself, like... I find something new in it. I find a new favorite song in it. Um, I think Heavyweight Champion of the Year, which is the song that closes the album. I've listened to that on repeat for the past couple of days. Um, uh, like it's been that and Doing Time by Lana Del Rey have been like my two songs. That I've just like, whenever I'm getting out of doing like the critical work, I'm like, I'll pop this on. I, I just, I find, I find her so hard to pin down. Like you said, there's, there's no real way to describe what it is that she's doing, only that it's fully realized. It's incredible to think that this is a debut record and how honed in on her sound she is, is, is staggering. Yeah. Um, her vocals are really interesting. Like she kind of, there's times where she's nearly incomprehensible in what she's saying, like, like the aforementioned heavyweight champion of the year. It, like there's, bits where she's like nearly yodeling in it. There's bits where she's whispering in it. There's bits where she sounds like she's on the verge of tears. But then you've got tracks like, um, is it all in your head or in your head? In your head, yeah. Which is just so like straightforward, like kind of punky pop. And then you've got this strand of this like really interesting wellness center thing running through it. Um, and like a, a, a dark digitized monetized side of self-care that has kind of risen up in the past decade um where you can download 
apps to like track how much water you're drinking and did you cry today and you know all like it just really made me think about how like the tech world is like more and more like owning our emotions or like collecting them as data yeah, points I saw a journaling app which you basically you can't write it it just asks you questions like AI and say how are you feeling today yeah. so, hear that. so you're basically just tracking your emotions in an app yeah without any like context or nuance and yeah like, and what is the point of this it, well yeah but it's it's strange because like it's like those buttons and those uh, that you press in airports you're like are you happy with our service and you're like yes no yes no. oh yeah so i like, always smash that like button especially when i'm leaving little i'm like bam 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 i had a beautiful experience today i really don't want anybody to get fired well that's it actually <laughs> that's it that is one of the things about those things there's a kind of a sinister underbelly of all that if, yeah if, like the people that are held accountable are the managers and people like that who work exactly in those yeah who are probably not that well paid and uh or if they are they're very stressed out and so they don't need to fight to be asked and queried. It was like, why is it that somebody is, I kind of understand it in a way in like Dublin airport, you're like a flow of people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like people press the negative button when they feel like they want to piss people off. Oh yeah. When they're in a bad mood. Yeah. And so this, like this, this album just kind of really makes me think about how we've kind of handed over. And like, look, that's not to say that people using apps like journaling apps and like apps that track your emotions and stuff like that's like completely useful for people but it's just so interesting to think that like 10 years ago we we didn't really have this space and I think Nilufriyanya kind of hits on something really interesting about maybe the dark side of um of wellness culture when we hand it over to tech giants you know um and and then you know mixed in all of that she's got an incredible ear for melody a beautiful voice fantastic interesting guitarist who like uses a lot of like jazz chords but her songs never really sound like jazz songs Mm. and it's it's an absolutely stunning record and it's I think bar father of the bride it's the longest one on my list and I'm not mad on long records um but if it absolutely flies by yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, 17 tracks long, actually. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of those, there's a good few interludes in there as well. So, mm. uh, But they kind of break it up nicely as well, I feel. I think so too, yeah. There's a lot of variation in the album as well. That's something else I really enjoy about it. Yeah. No two songs really sound the same. Oh yeah, she's, she's genre no hopping all she, over the place. Is she like repeating herself at no. all? So that's the reason why it's my number one album of the year. Currently, right this week, right now, if you ask me, it is this. It is in the loop for annual. We'll play a track from it. This is my current favorite track from the album. It is called Heat Rises. Okay, that's for Yanya with a song from Miss Universe, Heat Rises. And now it is time, drum roll please. 
Okay, it is uh, Andrea Cleary's number one album of 2019. What is it? My number one album of 2019 is uh, Wise Blood's Titanic Rising. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of these changed around. This changed today. Um, <laughs> but I think in a year that where I, I, I've been thinking a lot over the past couple of weeks about what is it that kind of ties the music I've been listening to a lot this year together. And I think it is kind of well she's a woman first of all (laughs) I don't think I've included many men on my list to be honest um there's just there's a lot in this about escapism and about um how we're dealing with the climate emergency and also why it's okay to kind of switch off from it sometimes um musically it just reminds me of like a lot of kind of croony pop songs from the 1960s at times and um like like with Nalufriania she's just got this amazing ear for melody um and she she just works around the concept of the album so beautifully so the album isn't about the sinking of the Titanic the album is about like the film Titanic which I think is a really interesting way of going about it and it kind of it it hints towards the, the importance or not not even hints it, it it hits directly on the importance of stories and the importance of narrative um in dealing with crisis and disaster which I think we all are collectively in the world dealing with and how it's okay to kind of switch off and give give yourself over to nostalgia give yourself over to a good film um or a like a a new boyfriend or or whatever it is it's just permission to allow yourself to do all of these things and yeah I just think it's like I I had like a last listen to it on my way over today I was like am I sure that this is my number one album I got from start to start to the end and I was like this is there's actually nothing on this I would change like it's it's the perfect length it's got like two sort of instrumental tracks that work together really beautifully the whole album is like very very cinematically produced and rendered so much so that like the song that comes at the end which is called I think nearer to the um is it kind of references melodies that came up earlier in the album like a leitmotif would in like film music I just think that the whole thing is so well thought out and so well produced and I'm really really happy that this is the album that has kind of propelled her into like kind of being being like a bit of a star now um also the music videos for this record are stunning absolutely beautiful um yeah you had trouble getting into this yes yeah um did you give it a re-listen no not yet I mean I I did I I did try I did try in the last couple of weeks I did but um, I think I need time, mm. uh, which is coming up, to listen to this. Yeah. Um, so it might be my one of my January lessons. Yeah. Or Christmas lesson, maybe. Yeah. Because I I, I really do think that like if you give this like a good chance, you'll love this album. Well, look, the point is that all of the albums we talked about today are all uh, well put together and great in their own way. Yeah. And uh, and like honestly, any one of my top ten here could have been number one you know it's I will just... say yeah there was no obvious 
album of the year for both of us i would say yeah like, overall like there was no like surefire winner yeah um I, no I i was so sure until i sat down and made the list and then it changed i was like i i couldn't pick between my top three which are big thief lana and and wise but but like it really it, it, it could have been any of them i personally think it was a brilliant year for music okay um i probably feel less sure of that yeah. But there's a lot of albums I really enjoyed. A lot of music I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good year. Yeah. But not the best year. I think it's But sure, year. like, there's loads of loads of things to enjoy. Even if only UFOF came out this year, it would have <laughs> been a great year for music. Yeah, everyone else, it was cancelled. Um, okay, let's play Andromeda from Wise Blood from your album of the year, Titanic Rising. That is our top 10 albums each of the year. We did it. Um, will we run them back down again? Yeah, give us your 10. Okay, my 10 are James Blake, Assume Form, FK, Twigs, Magdalene, and number nine, the Solange, When I Get Home, and number eight. Uh, Slow Tide, Nothing Great About Bit, number seven. Tyler the Creator, Igor, number six. Uh, Lana Del Rey, number one, fucking Rockwell, number five. Bonnie Ver, uh, I.I., number four. Big Thief, UFOF, and Two Hands, number three. Julie Jacqueline, Crushing, and number two. And Nelufrianya, Miss Universe, number one. Excellent. Mine are uh, number 10, FK Twigs Magdalene, number nine, Aldous Harding Designer, number eight, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghostine, number seven, Tom York Anima. Number six, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Number five, Julia Jacqueline Crushing. Number four, Nalufri Anya, Miss Universe. Number three, Big Thief, UFOF and Two Hands. Number two, Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell. That's that's the exclamation point. point. And number one, Wise Blood, uh, Titanic Rising. And yeah, I guess we'll finish by just giving a few more of our special mentions. Um, yes. I mean, there's a, like one of a big a big album that I actually really enjoyed this year that um, didn't make it into top 10, but the Billie Eilish one, When We All Fall Asleep, Where We Go, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite artists of all time, Bibio, Ribbons. I'm always going to oh, enjoy that. I'm very surprised that album didn't get in. You really Yeah, it's, it's up there. Yeah. It's up there. But like, I always like the stuff that Bibio does, to be honest. Mm. Um, there was an album uh, on Sub Pop inspired by horror core uh the uh subgenre of uk rap or us rap um from the 90s uh from clipping called there existed an addiction to blood excellent really album. enjoyed that uh, another one i really enjoyed um was a, a band called Sl- uh, blue hawaii who are actually playing this saturday in Wheelands. Uh, open reduction internal fixation mm-hmm. an album i found myself putting on a lot in november um, kind of uh, much more housey than they used to be very indie and esoteric almost and uh, much more housey kind of music now um, there is then there's stuff like uh, Hot Chip A Bad Full of Ecstasy I listen to that a lot um, and Toro Moi Outer Peace that was another one I put on a lot 
And then in terms of like maybe further down the list, ones that I would still recommend you check out, uh, talk about the Wiki album, which I mentioned called Oofy. Um, and then there's an album that Kelly Doherty brought to my attention from a, a rap group called Injury Reserve, which is uh, also called Injury Reserve. Very good album, A.A. Bondi, mm-hmm. Enderness. That was another lovely album that was released earlier this year. Um, and then the Alex Cameron album as well. It was worth a listen. Jack's Green um basically there's too many to mention um but that's a lot of them uh caroline polachek even pang i enjoyed mm. that album a lot as well so the there's lots in there even uh, like the mark ronson album late night feelings uh mm. that was the one i really enjoyed as well um i will say well let me you tell me yours and well actually i don't want to finish on a negative note but i will say probably one of my most disappointing albums this year oh yeah yeah let's do it let's do it uh, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Oh, interesting. Never got into it at all. It did. It did make my top ten. Um, I didn't do a top twenty to be honest. I just did the ten. Uh, it might have made it. There's a few ones. others. I really that liked that. We is a, uh, like would have been one of my top listens, like the Flying Lotus Flamagra album, which I never really went back to. I didn't like uh, that. Some good tracks on it, but not enough. Um, yeah. And and then, this is an albums list. Yeah. It's not a list of albums to have good songs. And then it. that Anderson Pack Ventura album, yeah, which I yeah, very really disappointing. did find very disappointing at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, kind of. Isn't me. it amazing in a year when Kanye West has released an Oh, album yeah. Jesus, we didn't even that, mention it. Like, just it, had either of us said Kanye West's album, there were like riots. Do you know? It's yeah. it's so mad to think that that's what it's like. But anyway, uh, some of my special mentions are the Purple Mountains album, uh, Bonnie Vera, which you talked about, uh, Sandy Alex G with House of Sugar, uh, Jessica Pratt, Quiet Signs, which we oh, um, album, reviewed. Yeah. Um, I'd say that probably would have been like my number 11 or number 12. Uh, Chai's album, Punk. Um, what's his name? Or- or- Orville Peck, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. I, I literally only started listening to him in the past week and I'm like, oh. If I had more time, he might have been up there. Uh, that's a great album. And the Sharon Van Etten album. And yeah, Billie Eilish as well, I think, probably defines pop this year uh, alongside Lizzo. But um, alb- album-wise, Lizzo maybe not as strong. But um, yeah, just a few special mentions. And well, we haven't even talked about Ireland, but that's for another list. I suppose, was there any other disappointing albums? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Anderson Pack. Yeah. I didn't like it. Flying Lotus didn't like it. Um, How do you feel about Angel Olsen? I I really, really like that album. I, yeah. I actually think it's really strong. Yeah. I think it's 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 a really interesting move forward Is she going for to her. release the version that's much more... It doesn't look like it. And I really no. want her to. I wanted her to do like a St. Vincent thing where she released like a piano song version of it. Yeah. See, I think I'd really be into that one. I think so too. Yeah. Um, Very much so. But no, I, I did really like the Angel Elsa album. Um it's hard to think now of disappointing ones. Um, I mean, like, you can go with Kanye as the biggest disappointment going. Um, yeah. Chance the Rapper as well. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, hugely no, disappointing. No yeah. thanks. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was... Uh, did you mention Chai's punk album Yeah, well? I mentioned yeah, Chai's yeah, yeah, punk yeah, yeah. album. Uh, really, really fun time. And I have loads I still have to listen to properly. Oh, yeah. Including yeah, um, Little Sims is one. I have not listened to that whole way through um there's others i have to listen to more of um including um denzel curry's album mm. um and there's others there's always yeah. others there's ah, always there's, others that's, that's, that's what it's for. for yeah but look if you if you came this far you must like listen to the podcast so if you do maybe consider 
um, give us a few quid a month uh, at patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. It helps us keep the lights on and pay everybody. And uh, we, we're, we're considering getting new holders for the mics. <laughs> so that would really help. Yeah, things like that. You um, know. It, all, it, all, it all adds up. Uh, we do our best and uh, we, we work hard and uh, we play we, hard. We show up. <laughs> we show up almost every week. Almost every week. Yeah. Well, I show. I, I mean, well physically in the office, I show up. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you are. You do as well. When I, you're here. I'm also here. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, that's it from us this week. Uh, next week we're going to be closing our year. The uh, nine or nine podcast awards. I've decided it's going to okay, be. Okay, <laughs> it's the nine or nine podcast awards. We're going to give out some esoteric awards to um, under various categories that will make no sense to anyone but ourselves. Yeah. Um. Come along. Just because we want to. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, we don't have a song to close because we played a lot of songs and we're an hour and 24 minutes in. That's fair. Unless there's something you want to play. Um, play um, what something from our uh, from our special mentions. Um, Jessica Pratt, something from that. Yeah, something for Jessica Pratt. Okay, yeah. here's a song from Jessica Pratt that I have not picked yet. We'll pick it later. <laughs> we'll put it in from Jessica Pratt. Okay, bye. bye. See you for our 74th episode next week. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.